This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, to the host for this edition of NBA Sound System Live, Carlin Gay and Micah Adams. It is NBA Sound System L-I-V-E live across the NBA global networks and, of course, on NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Micah Adams. Micah, how's it going, my man? Just trying to hang in there, Carlin, man. One one step ahead, uh, minute my minute, it seems like, these days. Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely uh, that uh, sort of somber mood that we have to start the podcast on. But we will get to some basketball talk. But we obviously can't ignore what's happening, not just in the United States, but around the world. Uh, and I guess I'll clear Mike out and, and go ISO for a second here and just say that, um, you know, I, I look around the world and, and, and just see a lot of people are hurting. Uh, the majority of them, to be honest, look exactly like me. And to be honest with you guys, I'm hurting, too. Um, and, and I don't know when this pain will will go away. But what I do know is this, this world it's a beautiful place with with a lot of amazing people. Uh, I, I've been lucky enough to now live in three different countries: Canada, my home, Australia, and now in the United States. Uh, I feel like it's a privilege. I don't take that for granted. A lot of people that I grew up with in you know in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, in a place called NDG, uh, which stands for Notre Dame of Grace in in English, Notre Dame de Grace en français, and. Uh, it's a place where you know a lot of people that I grew up with don't leave that neighborhood, don't get that opportunity to leave that neighborhood. Uh, it's commonly referred to as no damn good for people that live in better areas of the city, better parts of Montreal. So I know that I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to, to kind of leave that place and leave my birthplace, and I consider that my privilege, and I don't take that for granted. And you know, last week watching the video of George Floyd passing away the way he did, the way he was murdered, I imagine a lot of people felt, you know, hurt and even feel even more hurt in the aftermath of those trying to justify the murder or trying to turn a blind eye to it. And it's kind of pointing to everything that's wrong in the world. And I want to take this moment to say that there is so much more good in the world than there is wrong. And we still have to point to that, still have to keep hope. Because just like you, I want to feel safe walking around my city. I want that for my family. I want that for my friends. I want that for my future children. And I want to fight for that. And I want you to fight for it just as hard as I would fight for you. Because I want the same things for you as I want for my family and future children. I want you to feel safe. I want your future children to feel safe. And I want your family members to feel safe. You know, every Tuesday morning, uh, we have at NBA Global a, a team call with our entire staff and it's compromised of members from nine different countries, all different skin colors, different backgrounds, cultures. And it's one of the reasons why I truly love my job. I'm unified with all these people uh, through basketball, through the game that you know I love. And it reminds me daily of what some of my forefathers fought for, what they marched for. And it's a daily reminder of what I want my children to experience. Diversity, unity, and ultimately love. I may have let some things slip in the past, and I'm promising myself now and going forward that I won't allow that. People that look like me, black people, they're asking for your help. We're all on the same team here. We're on team humanity. We're not just asking you to be our tag team partners. We're asking you to tag in as well. Let's all try our best to put an end to an injustice and to police brutality and end to racism. And let's please just all try to do it together. It's a tough pivot, Micah, but we got to do it. It's like Kevin McHale in the post. <laughs> Going out my pivot point here. <laughs> the one move that I know I have in my bag of tricks, but we got we to gotta, we gotta talk basketball. That's what everyone's here for, right? Well, I was, it is, but I, but I do want to say that's incredibly well, well said and incredibly poignant and, uh, you know, couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, which is why I didn't. Which I'm just gonna let you uh, have the final say there. Let's uh, we'll we'll pivot we'll pivot Mikhail style right back into hoops there. 
Yeah, let's pivot right back into hoops. And we also have to acknowledge uh, today uh, on Tuesday, we lost an NBA legend. Wes Unsell dies at 74 years of age. And uh, we just spent the last week on NBA.com Global talking about decades. And Wes Unsell was a guy that, you know, was prominent in the 70s and even beyond that. Um, you wrote a little piece on him and, and did some research kind of going back through the decades. Did you learn anything about Wes that maybe you found interesting that you did not know uh, prior to last I, week? I think – I wouldn't necessarily say anything I didn't know, but I, I do kind of – and in, in you you hear, you know, a, a lot of former, former uh, you know, guys that played for him and – couple of teammates uh and, and really you know older older journalists that kind of covered him more in person and and he's one of those guys that i really think that unless you really just had to see him to really fully appreciate everything that he brought to the table he's never going to be someone where you're going to kind of pull up a basketball reference page and get blown away but i mean that the fact that that guy's walking into the league and winning rookie of the year and mvp uh, just right away and then is, is later kind of the the best player at anchor on a finals team even though you know wins finals MVP despite not really having having the the, the best stats or uh, or or kind of the showiest game I think West Unseld is just one of those uh, true guys and true hoopers uh, that that saw him and lived through him uh, recognized the the man for for the great player that he was so rest in peace West Unseld. Yeah, he was an NBA champion, as you mentioned, NBA Finals MVP in 1978, most valuable player of the league in 69, his rookie year, one rookie of the year that year as well. Um, he only made one All-NBA first team, and that was the same rookie season. That's just, just to tell you how tough the league was at that time, especially uh, at the big man spot. There's a lot of centers and power forwards that were great, so... Rest in peace to Wes Unsell, Wes Unsell and uh, let's get to uh, talking about this year's uh, all NBA teams. You know, it's been a long time. It feels like maybe it's it's going to be two, almost three months uh, to the time when we do eventually knock on wood, start back up here without uh, you know any hiccups or anything like that. We expect the NBA season to come back, and uh, by that time, we should have an idea of when these awards will be announced and one of the main things that's always a talking point is obviously all nba because it means so much to different players and um it really is the best way in my opinion to really go back and uh look at what you know history you know when you're looking back in history you really get to tell who was great that season you know who who played well mvp is always great all-star appearances cool but i, I think all nba is the definitive mark that you had a great year that year We've been doing so much of this sort of throwback content, and I, I feel like we were talking about the 90s for what felt like uh, an entire year and really just an entire month. And to me, like, and we're going to get into this here in a couple minutes, All-NBA, you're exactly right, but specifically first-team All-NBA, I think really does just mean something a little bit more. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, I think it's starting to happen where... People are kind of referring to all NBA as uh, more more than they are all stars anymore, and I just like the the kind of just the the the, the message in a bottle, the the kind of the timekeeper uh, timestamp on history, if you will. And so I think you know as we talk about uh, looking back at this, what what a great regular season that we we did have, even though we did not reach the full eighty two. Uh, I I will certainly remember it as one of those all-time years where you look top down. Uh, I, I don't know if we've really had a situation where there's been this much top shelf talent at any given time. Uh, and that just kind of is a statement about where we are uh, with today's league. It's a statement about where we are, but it also gives us an argue a, a thing to argue about, which we love to do, Micah. We love to do that. So let's spend the next however long discussing all nba by the way we did not for the first time ever we did not have a pre-production where we discussed uh who would go <laughs> where on on all nba first team second team and third team so let's start with the first team i'll go first uh my all nba first team this season at guard position i have luka Doncic, i have james harden 
I then have Giannis Antetokounmpo at uh, forward, James or LeBron James at the other forward spot, and I went at my center spot. With Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid gets oh, the nod on, at center that. position. And it's not, this isn't his best season, but to me, he's still the best center in the league. Well, I, I look, I'm excited because of the five names you just rang out. We disagreed on two of them, including the very first name that you said. So uh, I'm perfectly on brand for us to just start off uh, completely disagreeing uh, right off the gate. <laughs> so where, where are you going with your All-NBA first team? Disagree with me. So, all right, the, the, three, the three that we agree on, and really it's we agree on two and a half here because I, I, Giannis is the biggest no-brainer. I, I, we don't even need to spend any time uh, talking about him. I will just say uh, for all, for all the, the uh, accolades that Giannis gets, did you know that he just had the third, the third most points per 36 in any season in NBA history? Like, don't, we don't, don't really talk first. about Giannis... We don't really talk about Giannis as the, like this great all-time scorer, and then like you look up and you're like, oh my God, he just had the the third most prolific uh, by-minute scoring season in the history of the entire league, and then not to mention the fact that he might be the best defender, and he's the best rebounder, he's the greatest assist guy. Giannis, no-brainer. Uh, and then I look, I I tried doing mental gymnastics to figure out a way to not have James Harden on first team All NBA. He's got to be on first team All NBA. The guy's averaging over 34 a game. Uh, only 27 previous times in NBA history, someone has averaged over 32 a game. 24 of the 27 resulted in first team All NBA nods. You look at pretty much uh, just the manner and the the burden he's carried on that Houston team. I know he did not play very well, really struggled from the floor in January. But uh, I mean, if you were to flip January and November, there'd be, there wouldn't be a single person out there arguing against James Harden. So those are the two that we unequivocally agree on uh, just for, you know, you're not done. The you're not one, done with Stone Cold Locks. You're not done I'm with not. Stone Cold Locks. Come on, be honest. I'm not. I'm not. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot a little bit because I LeBron is unequivocally a first team All NBA guy. I just think that we have the position wrong. Why is LeBron not a guard? He play, he's playing point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, and we 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 just uh, talked about how I I like to view first team All NBA as sort of a snapshot of where we are with the league in any one given season. Okay. You look at look at how LeBron is playing on the Lakers. He is fundamentally the point guard of that team. Uh, he has had the ball in his hands for four times as much as Danny Green and Avery Bradley combined this year. Leads the league in assists. He's third in touches, six in total passes, six in total possession. Fundamentally, the guy plays point guard. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. If even if you go on his basketball reference page. Uh, and you scroll down, it, it literally says point guard next to his name uh, for the 2019 season. So I am going to just, just, bend just to the add, rules. Just to add, I know you're bending the rules here, but just to add on to your argument for having LeBron as a point guard, that same basketball reference page has a play-by-play -play section where LeBron has played 57 of his minutes this season as the point guard according to their position estimate. So I, you know, if I knew we were doing this, I would have had Russell Westbrook as my center. Well, oh baby, you're gonna love where we're gonna go at later in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead, LeBron. I, uh, so I, I got Lebr I got LeBron as a guard, and mostly just because I think like what we were just talking about, right? When you look back at any one given year, do you want to know who are the five guys that mattered most in a season? I, I think Kawhi Leonard is as clearly like the, the title still goes through Kawhi. He just had that run in which he was the best player in the world. He's now come back. He's had the best regular season of his entire career. Uh, career highs in, in scoring, assists, rebounds on a team that I think most people would probably say is the title favorite. Uh, and he really hasn't been load managing that much. I know he had a little bit here or there, the but bar is low. I think. I, the bar is low, but I th but I think that you move LeBron to guard and you make room for Kawhi, who is clearly alongside Giannis and LeBron. One of those uh, those are the three alpha guys in the league on the three best teams. He's got to be there. And uh, look, Joel Embiid's great. 
I don't, re- I don't really have a big problem with him being first-team All-NBA, but, I, but I'm going to give it to my guy, Nikola Jokic, who has pretty much been the exact same player he was last season when he finished fourth in MVP voting. And the other thing that I want to give him credit for here, look, we can kind of poke fun at Jokic for, for how like he doesn't look like he's really in the best of shape at all times. The guy has not missed a single game the entire season. Uh, and is a walking 2010 and seven. So I, I give first team to Nicole Jokic. That's also a tip of the cap to the Denver Nuggets, who have been a far superior and more consistent team than the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, that is my first team All NBA. I'm not mad at it. I I I said we were going to argue. We really can't really argue anything with, with what you said. Um, you did cheat a little bit because we didn't. I didn't know that we were doing actual positions. I thought we were just doing positions based off of the, the ballot that's probably going to show up in everyone's hands. Wait, and you didn't. You didn't. Say, well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you off. That you didn't think that we were going to use critical thinking and use our brains no, and our eyes. No, I didn't. As basketball no. fans, at all. Come on, at all. That, that never crossed my mind. And at <laughs> center position, I, I agree with you. I agree with you in the sense that I, I, I probably overshot Joel Embiid a bit and. Live on air right now, I'm going to bump him down to All-NBA second team there and actually go. move Nikola Jokic rightfully up to first team and apologize to Jokic. You, you've had an incredible season, uh, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for, for, for disrespecting the year that you've had and the Denver Nuggets, who have had a great year as well. Second team, I already said that Joel Embiid is there. Uh, my guards, Damian Lillard and Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul not only had an argument, but um, you know we could have maybe seen him bump Luka Doncic on my first team, but I have him square at second. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, those are my uh, my my two forwards there. Kawhi Leonard, you said he's he's not load managing as much. He's still load managing just as much as he would have been in you know in Toronto a season ago. That's that's he's played fifty one games. Get him out. Uh, and then and then uh, Anthony Davis has been the second best Laker on the team, and and probably. The you know he's he's in the top four in terms of forwards uh, of the league, so he he's definitely has to make this list. And there's going to be a lot of people that say, and I, I am not one of them, but there there are there's going to be a large cadre of people that look at Anthony Davis and try to put him uh, as a center on that first team. I think he's probably been one of the five best players in the league, but he just he doesn't play center on the Lakers, right? So like uh, we're, we're not going to give he doesn't even start at center. He doesn't. He doesn't start at center. Seventy percent of his minutes have come at power forward. He's he functionally, he functionally exists as a forward in the same way that LeBron functionally exists as a power forward on that team. So, uh, but we we are in agreement on Joel Embiid. We're in agreement on Anthony Davis. We are in agreement on uh, Damian Lillard. I have Luka Doncic on my second team only because I cheated and put LeBron as a guard on my first team. <laughs> If, if if you are going to not let me cheat, I probably would have put Luka on that first team next to Harden. Although, I, I like you, probably would have given some, some more consideration to Chris Paul. I don't really have a problem with that. He's been uh, the best clutch player in the NBA pretty much the entire season. I, I think this is the best Chris Paul has looked in probably, what, three or four years? Yeah, he's he's looked incredible. He's he shut my mouth because I thought he was finished. I made that clear in a lot of debates behind closed doors between you, me, and Scott Rafferty in the office, and he shut my mouth. Uh, Alex Novick, hey, one hey. of our colleagues, he's absolutely right about Chris Paul and the Thunder, and they are a playoff team. I thought they had no chance of making the playoffs. I thought Chris Paul would be somewhere else by the trade deadline, and he's still in OKC, and he's uh, he's about to have this team in the playoffs. Wasn't wasn't there wasn't there somebody uh, prior to the season on our team that wrote an entire piece about how Chris Paul was going to make an All Star team and how he's going to lead the Thunder to the playoffs and how nobody should be surprised if we see the Chris Paul? Oh wait, you're right. That was me. I was the one uh, that was beating my chest. So I I do not have him on my second team, but I but I I will endorse your second team nomination. The other forward spot uh, here, and I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, and again, you have Kawhi. I already, I already used him. I think that this is the Jason Tatum spot. Mm, okay. I, I have Jason Tatum as the second team forward. Uh, I think that he really, over the second half of the season, just truly 
went up a level. I, you know, he had what a three week stretch where I think he was he was the best player on the floor in a game against Kawhi. He was the best player on the floor in a game against LeBron. He was the best player on the floor in a game against James Harden. Those are three really big time performances in about a two and a half week stretch. And really, you look at like his last two months, he was basically averaging 29 a game, shooting 40% from three. I, I believe he's been the the best pull-up three-point shooter in the league this season. And then you add in you add in defensively what he's sort of blossomed into as well. And I, I really do think right before our eyes, Jason Tatum kind of made that flip from like borderline all-star to like legitimate he's a superstar now uh, and and so i i look at jason tatum as a second team forward uh for the 2020 regular season i'm glad you brought up the defense because the defense is something that i think people overlook uh with with the celtics when he has great defenders around him jalen brown and marcus smart uh and, and those guys get, get known for being you know lockdown defenders or the guys that they're going to you know face up against the, the other team's best score but Jason Tatum has been equally if not better uh you know on, on stats wise than those guys defensively so it, you know that's to me the the huge difference we always knew he was going to be able to put the ball in the basket and he was going to figure that out and, and become an all-star someday but to become a superstar he has to do it on both ends of the floor and that's what's making it that's what's going to make him dangerous for years to come uh in my opinion jason tatum uh speaking of him he, he actually is and i'll say this this is a, this is disrespect to the to the guys that are on my third team but i'm going to say it anyway jason tatum is the best player on this third team i had no problem putting him there i felt like a pit in my stomach putting the rest of these guys on this 13 i only put them there uh because we had to do a 13 like I, I think if it should be just the first second team and jason tatum and then the rest of the, the rest of the team you can just throw away because some of these guys are just getting there based on name value rudy gobert is my center uh i really don't know another center in the, in the end of their, the rest of the league that i could put here uh, if i knew that we were doing the russell westbrook thing and maybe that he would be that uh that choice for their third team center but rudy gobert gets it here jimmy butler I, I maybe i was a little bit you know tough on jimmy but he's my forward here and then i have donovan mitchell and bradley beal at my guard position uh mitchell you know seasons hasn't he hasn't really popped the way that Jason Tatum has popped, you know, this season. And he's just been having a fine season and the Jazz are all right. And then Bradley Beal, his team is awful, but he's having an incredible year. So he does deserve the recognition. But I, I truly believe it. it's like a, you know, he, he's getting, he's a bad, you know, good stats, bad team guy at this moment. And I don't know that he's going to be able to become a, a go-to player and lead a team into the playoffs. Because he's in the East. He's having the best season of his life. I know his team's not great, but they're so far behind the Orlando Magic that uh, it really is, you know, an indication that maybe he's just doing this on a bad team. I... Yeah, I so I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, so I love Bradley Beal. I feel like I've I've been like a Bradley Beal apologist. I actually did not even give him any consideration uh, to what? giving him one of these spots. I didn't. You I did spent. I did. You spent five gonna, months. Gonna, you spent five months. We. You sit on my right <laughs> side. You spent five months in my right ear talking about how Bradley Beal had been snubbed in He's the All Star game and everything. He did. And now you don't even give him the third team All Who? What other guards could be there? No, well, I, I can't believe as the resident Canadian here in the podcast that you're not stumping for Kyle Lowry. Oh, give me a break. Where's the Kyle Lowry? I, I mean, I, I love Kyle Lowry as much as everybody else. I have the argument that he, he's one day going to be at the Naismith Hall of Fame. I just don't think that he's had a better season so, than Bradley Beal. You know, it's pretty funny. So I we are in we are in 100% agreement that it's it's a pretty safe like top 11. Right, like with with Chris Paul, and I have Chris Paul on my third team. You have Jason Tatum on your third team. Otherwise, we have the same top eleven, right? And then I think right. that there's a pretty big. I think that there's a pretty big gap, and we did not agree on any of the other four guys. Not even which I think is really funny. Not even Jimmy Butler. No, I. Wow. I, okay. I, I think that I think that Jimmy Butler. I think that he has weirdly had one of the uh, uh, quietly most overrated seasons uh, that I can remember in a while. I, I think that he's been uh, he's certainly been a very good player. He's been an all star. Uh, he has worked wonders and kind of I mean, he, he really has become the leader in Miami. That's become his team. But I think Miami has really they got off to a, a really good start. 
won a bunch right. of overtime games, won a bunch of close games. I think that Miami, for a while, kind of had a little bit of a record. I don't think that they were as good as their record indicated those first two months. And we've really seen pretty much since the calendar flipped to 2020, they've basically been a 500 team uh, over their last 40 games or so. And uh, and I, I don't know. He he weirdly hasn't shot well all year. Uh, he has this reputation as being this this stone cold clutch time assassin. He's shooting twenty eight percent in the clutch, which is is not good. Including just three of twenty and threes. He's he's having the worst three point shooting season of his career. He's not been good on long twos. And really, like just outside of getting to the rim, which he's always been among the three or four best guys in the league. I. I don't know. I just not. I don't think that the production jumps off the page uh, as much as it would be for me to kind of overlook some of the uh, some of the other things that we were talking about with the clutch time scoring and the Heat have been a little bit underwhelming the last couple of months. So uh, I do not have Jimmy Butler. I actually have his teammate Bam Adebayo as the third team center. Uh, I think Bam has really. He's kind of on that short list. Like what to me it's like it's Jason Tatum and it's Luka Doncic who have made the two biggest leaps of anybody. Uh and then it's it's a pretty big gap. But then I think Bam is is right there in terms of guys who have really taken that next step this season. Uh he's really evolved fundamentally as a playmaker, plays both both ends of the both ends of the floor really well. I think he's kind of like your prototypical uh center, kind of what you're looking for. I think that Bam uh like Eric Spolster would tell you that Jimmy Butler's been their best player and he, and he's the leader of that team. I think Bam has been the most impactful player on that team, even if maybe he's not the best. So I Bam is my center, and man, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna absolutely eviscerate me for both of these uh, forward spots. I, I'm I don't <laughs> I'm already, I'm already hot about the Jimmy here. Butler thing. Like Jimmy, you you said you said the clutch time stuff. I do want to touch base on it, and and because it's interesting, I. I looked that up and and saw how poorly he is shooting, but he is getting to the line a lot more than you know most are in the clutch, and some of that has to do with the fact that he is you know drawing fouls and and maybe not you know finishing at a high level, but he's he's getting to the free throw line and able to to control the game that way. Like it's, I, I when you watch him, he's still one of you know the top ten guys that you would want on your team. Uh, you know, with the game on the line, he's still going to make a big play. He still makes the right pass, and and right now he's you know he's trusting teammates. Like a, a guy like Kendrick Nunn's not going to do that. You know, a guy like Bam, who's on your as a center, he's not going to do that in terms of uh, you give him the ball with the last two minutes of the game, and he's going to figure things out. Can he be a playmaker? Sure, but he's more he's more uh, you know Yokim Noah the, 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 that that year that he was able to to squeeze into the top five was top five in MVP. We're top three. Yeah, I finished four, four, fourth in MVP voting in 2013-14, yeah, which, yeah, that Bulls team had no business be, uh, finishing where they did. Uh, right. That's just one of the, the all-time weird seasons. That's a, that's a pretty good call. I, I like the Joe Kim Noah uh, comparison uh, there for Bam. Yeah, he's he's more of that he's more cut from that cloth. Whereas, you know, Butler's going to be the guy that in the playoffs he's you're, you're going to want a one on one guy, and he's he's the guy that's going to be that. And he, he has been this season. Just, I know, like I said, the, the the field goal percentage isn't there, but he is getting the line. He is getting to the line in the clutch. He has to get uh, for that. Tied tied for the most clutch time free throw attempts in the entire league. Uh, so Jimmy Jimmy Butler, I, look, I I think that he's one of those guys too that is a. Uh, as a Draymond Green talks about the difference between 82 game players and 16 game players, Jimmy Butler's without a doubt a 16 game player. So uh, I don't even I don't even think Jimmy Butler would would care about getting snubbed from uh, from my all third team. The two guys that I have here uh, at the forward spot, and you know what? But actually, before we get to that, because you're gonna lose your mind, you really gave no credence to Kyle Lowry as a third team None. guard spot here. None. Didn't even think about him. Didn't even think about the entire country of Canada when I was doing this list. I did not think about the only. Per- <laughs> Let me just say no. that. Let me just take that back. The only person I thought because about was Siakam. I thought about Siakam, but I, Lowry. I gave him not a shot of making any of the, the teams here. They get the third best team. They get the third best record in the entire NBA, Carlin. Yeah, and that's, you, that's and you're going to say that the. Oh my God! Here we go. If I'm, if I'm picking the put, 15 best would, players from the entire NBA, there's no way I could look myself in the mirror and say that Kyle Lowry this season has been one of the 15 best players in the NBA. I couldn't do it. 
I I totally I could not disagree with you more. We saw the last look th- now. Th- now I'm really reaching because I'm going back to All Star Weekend in <laughs> Chicago when oh, Kyle Lowry goodness. like that 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 All Star game turned into a who's who out there, and Kyle Lowry was what, like one of the seven most important guys in the league in the fourth quarter of the most competitive <laughs> All Star game. That that guy was out there for blood, man. Kyle Lowry's an absolute so, game. So he makes the NBA third team. What are we doing here? <laughs> no, this is a team that's just they're gonna. They were on pace to win more games than they did after losing Kawhi Leonard. And I understand that Pascal Siakam started the All Star game, but Kyle Lowry's the heart and soul of that team. And, and look, you can talk all you want about Nick Nurse. Coaching doesn't get you that much in this league. Okay, you still have to have the juice to get it done on the floor. Kyle Lowry means so much more than any stat sheet will ever say. I think that this has been the best regular season of Kyle Lowry's career. Uh, so he's on my third team all NBA. Get Bradley Beal out of here. This, Great player. This feels, mo- this the feels Wizards- like that says more about uh, the fact that the guard position has been weak this season and less about Lowry. <clears throat> That's fair. Uh, I Look, I I don't know. I... I, I we're going to talk about some snubs here in a second, but like, are were, did, so were you someone that gave no credence to the idea of Russell Westbrook at one of the guard spots? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do it for Russ. I, I, I just think that you you have to be a guard, like, the, and he's not. He he plays the guard position, but I, I thought that Donovan Mitchell and, and Bradley Beal are, are doing a better job of, uh, of of leading their teams from that spot versus Russ is kind of. I don't really know what position he is. Like, yeah, he plays guard. Yeah, he's a guard, but he's a center sometimes. So, and I, I just don't know where to put him. I didn't have the stones to do it, uh, but I did. I was thinking, and I, 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 he plays guard. I think that if you wanted to make the argument, if you wanted to look at Houston, right, and you look at uh, what the Rockets really did after going all in on small ball and truly embracing it, they have been one of the defining. Uh, storylines, topics of the season, and a a major part of that, I would say 1B right there with Harden, has been Russell Westbrook. You can make the case that Russell Westbrook and not Harden uh, has been Houston's best player over the last two months. So I didn't do it, but if somebody wanted to put Russell Westbrook as a like a all-NBA forward, uh, strictly as a sign of like Holy crap, I don't know what Houston is doing, but it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and he's the biggest reason for it. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, the two guys I went with instead were Chris Middleton and Ben Simmons. Okay. Not mad. Uh, I'm actually not that, mad at that. I think that Chris Middleton is sort of a, like, he's been a 21 a game, 50 40 90 guy, uh, been really solid defense, not quite, uh, not, you know, not. Certainly not all league defense, but I think that he's basically had the season that Clay Thompson has been having the last couple of years in Golden State. Obviously, Clay has has not played this year, but I think like they've had the they've had the NBA's best record the entire league. They were on pace to win seventy. Chris Middleton, you look at his stats whenever Giannis is off the floor. One of the one of the the reasons that I think that this Bucks team should get more credit than they do. I think. People don't understand that this team is about a lot more than just Giannis. And a big reason for that has been Middleton's play whenever Giannis has been off the bench. He's he's just like transforming. He's basically put up like Luka Doncic type numbers uh, whenever whenever he's been out there without Giannis. So I have Chris Middleton as a third team guy, just kind of as a reward for the 50-40-90, the the defendable second fiddle on on the team that's had the second the the best record in the league the entire year, and then I think Ben Simmons. Uh, look, I I feel like I'm having like this uh, come to Jesus moment uh, here during uh, social distance and quarantine. I, I I feel like I'm just like atoning for like two years of Ben Simmons slander because I think he's been <laughs> it sounds like it. fantastic. He's been fantastic the whole year. He has, he has, but he. The reason why he, I left him off my team, and it was close between him, Bradley Bill, and Donovan Mitchell, came down to games played. And I know Bradley Bill's played maybe I think it was six or five or six more games than Ben Simmons. But had the season not been paused, we wouldn't have seen Ben Simmons the rest of the way. 
and I'm, I took that in, into consideration. I didn't, I didn't stop it right where we were. I, I tried to take into consideration guys that would have been out more uh, had the season continued on, and that would have affected their stock. And I think Ben Simmons, for me, that's the reason why I left him off. So two snubs that came close uh, for me were Ben Simmons, and the next up would have been Chris Middleton. But I just couldn't put him over Tatum or, or Butler. I just, I, I just couldn't do it as a guy that's you know not a second fiddle, but he's 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 not he's not he's not Giannis. He's not the go-to guy. But I could be talked into him maybe going over Jimmy Butler. One of the things that I that I really I think that uh, the the two things that well there's there's three things I think that stand out first. Uh, so Simmons is one of those guys. We we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about about the players that have the most to prove in the postseason. And to me, Simmons is just no matter what he does in the regular season, until he proves that he can kind of carry the load down the stretch of tight. Uh, fourth quarter playoff games, there's always going to be this lingering sense of doubt. All that being said, right, we're talking about the regular season, and he has been a spectacular, spectacular defensive player. Uh, I don't think that he should win uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but I think that he should unequivocally and undoubtedly be a uh, first-team all-defense guy. He spends more time guarding All-Stars than any other player in the entire league. Uh, that's according to the NBA.com's tracking data. So he's a guy that uh, embraces the night in, night out challenge. And for somebody who really is, the, is probably the outside of maybe Kawhi, uh, the most versatile defensive guy in the league, that's not always the same position. He's guarding Dame Lillard one night, and then he'll be guarding LeBron the next night. He can guard one through five. And I, I also think the third thing is look when Joel Embiid missed that stretch in the middle of the season, you saw Ben Simmons just kind of take that team and just start dragging them with. I, I believe he was like a twenty-eight uh, and eight in the fifteen games without Joel Embiid this season, and the, and he just had the look of a guy uh, that kind of was finally comfortable in his own skin, understanding that you know what. I can be the best guy on the floor at any given point, no matter who I'm out there with. And I think for the, for those couple of weeks that Joel Embiid missed uh, in the middle of the season, that to me is when Ben Simmons truly arrived uh, and started answering the bell as this uber-talented, crazy gifted, uh, versatile, kind of do-everything player. So I have I, I think Ben Simmons is, has been an All-NBA guy. I gave him... A little bit of consideration. I almost had him over Jason Tatum uh, on the second team, but I think Simmons has, has earned his stripes this season. That's all cute for Ben Simmons to be able to step up when Joel Embiid is not in the lineup. But what's going to make the Sixers special, the thing that makes the Sixers special or potential to have them be a special team is for him to realize that same potential when Joel Embiid is there. How long do you think he realizes that? Or is that more of a Joel Embiid thing where Joel Embiid has to step back and be like, all right, he's capable. Why am I standing in his way of shining? No, it's look. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be Ben Simmons is gonna have to learn to to shoot a jump shot. Like it, it, I know that that is such a, a tired old uh, narrative that just gets pounded. Yeah, but into wait the a second. Ground. Wait a second. He but doesn't a, shoot any more jump shots. Wait a second. He doesn't shoot any more jump shots when Joel Embiid's off the floor. What's the what's the difference? He, he's he's fine in the way that he is. You know, he's as you said, he's putting up twenty points and et cetera, et cetera. But he didn't shoot a single jump shot in those moments. Well, why is yeah, that the only primary focus? Because then, when the when they're out on the floor together, Joel Embiid's at his best, right? When he's down on the block within five feet, uh, and and Ben Simmons doesn't give any spacing. And then, if you're all of a sudden going to clear out Joel Embiid, so he can create driving lanes for Ben Simmons, and all of a sudden you're taking the single most dominant low post score of the NBA since Shaq and turning him into Brook Lopez. Which uh, apologies to our guy Scott Rafferty, but that's just a, an absolute travesty. You don't want to turn <laughs> Joel Embiid into Brook Lopez. <laughs> so they they just they have to be able to they have to be able to fit uh, better together, and the only way that's going to happen is for Ben Simmons to learn how to shoot outside of 15 feet. But that is, uh, you know, that's that I think that that will come, and if it doesn't, then you know, well, this these two will run will run their course eventually. Uh, they I think they'd be Philly would be dumb to do anything now. 
uh, about that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that it is as simple as that, though. I think I think there's more to it. I think that there's if you have to you have to have a plan in place for if there is no way that Ben Simmons can figure out how to shoot a jump shot and still try to figure out how to make it work. They're way too talented to uh, of, of a duo to, to to break them up just for the simple fact that he can't shoot a jump shot like that. Maybe Joel Embiid starts learning. Maybe Joel Embiid learns how to shoot a jump shot. How about that? Yeah, he takes them, but it's not like he's knocking them <laughs> down from three. How about he learns how to shoot a jump <laughs> shot? Everyone's killing Ben Simmons about it. Every uh, good. Every other team. Every other team in the league uh, is is saying thank you and getting on their knees and say please do that again every single time Joel Embiid. Uh, catches the ball at 25 feet from the basket and turns to face up. Every single team in the league uh, is ecstatic whenever he does that. And I think that they probably always will be. He's Look, he's never going to turn into Steph Curry or, or, or Clay Thompson or even Kevin Love <laughs> no. out there, right? Like, that's no. not, that's not going to be his game. Um, I, I don't know. I, look, we this is all... It could all just be about nothing, right? Because one shot goes differently uh, last year in Game 7 against Toronto. And who knows? Maybe we're sitting here talking about Philly going for back-to-back titles and no one will ever say another word about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid uh, ever coexisting next to each other. They got to do a better job of surrounding those guys with more shooting uh, and some more complimentary pieces. But, uh, yeah, it's it's way too soon to talk about that. Our, let me ask you a question. Are there any other guys uh, out there kind of hanging on the periphery that you looked at and, and sort of earned a closer look for uh, one of these 13 spots? Because you just got done saying how you were really just not impressed outside of that top 11. Yeah, uh, and I had to take a shower after I, I realized that I almost did this because <laughs> I felt that nasty about it. Um, I almost put Trey Young on all te- uh, all, uh, all, uh, all NBA third team. Oh, come on. I mean, on. the dude is having a great season. He's having an incredible season. Go look at his stats. Like, like There's a chance that we never see this from him again. Um, and he... I mean, this team's just awful. That, I just that's what it came down to. Had nothing to do with him at the end of the day. It, it had more to do with his team. Like it, it's his team is really, really bad. The same situation as as Bradley Beal, but ten times worse. It, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. But he's having an awesome season. I have a crazy stat for you about Trey Young. You ready for this one? Go for it. Okay, twenty and forty-seven. That's it. It's their record, what, Marlon. That? That's all. That's yeah. the only stat. That's their record. They're twenty and forty-seven. It's crazy advanced stat that you can't find anywhere else uh, except right here on NBA Sound System. Get out of here, Trey Young, All NBA with twenty-seven games under five hundred. Don't do that. Maybe I feel bad for him. Don't Maybe I feel I do feel because I there was a time and I was there at the summer league uh, when he when he was you know getting crushed. For, for struggling at Summer League and then people calling him a bus and he hadn't even played a, a full NBA game yet. And to see where he is now, just less than less than you know, twenty four months later, it's it's incredible. And I uh, you know, you give him the, all the respect in the world. He's turned himself into a great, great player. And if they find a way to that Atlanta team could be fun potentially. If they find a way to, you know, develop these young guys and now they have Clint Capella to to, to actually someone that's going to actually play some defense, um, you know, maybe maybe they might they might get be a playoff team next year, and then and then the ball starts rolling. And I don't think you would ever see this from Trey Young. And he's, I mean, if you removed the records from the teams, he's having just as good a season as Lucas. He is. I, I look. I this isn't. I don't want this to turn into a I hate Trey Young conversation because I do not. I I Trey Young's great. I I think like Stephen Curry is. Uh, the, the the single most impactful not best i'm not saying best but single most impactful player of the last 10 years and there's a reason that uh that atlanta looked at trey young and said oh my god if we can get the next steph curry why wouldn't we do that uh and i think that like he's he's gonna make a ton of all nba teams uh and they're not gonna stink for forever uh so this it's just he's he's young he's got plenty of time this is not a uh, Trey Young stinks. Get him off All NBA. It's just, it's just not his time yet. That's all. That's all I'm saying. The, I had one name for you out here that I, that I that I think deserves a little bit more love um, than Brandon Ingram. Anyone will give him credit for. It is not Brandon Ingram, uh, and it is it is not Devin Booker, 
and it is not Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, it is not even my 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 BFF Zion Williamson. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about here? A Western Conference player that should be receiving All NBA love. That probably, I bet I bet you you could probably read. 50 articles uh, with all NBA picks and he might not get mentioned one time and he should be because he's having every bit as good of the season as the guy who you put on your third team. <laughs> I, I can't guess it off the top of my head. I, I'm running out of what I'm trying to run through the names, but I can't think it. Okay. There's a guy who uh, has the best on court off court differential on his team. He's in the playoff mix. He's leading the league in blocks. He's averaging 16 and 14. He's shooting over 60% from the field. It's Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside is is low-key having one of the one of the, the best under the radar seasons that absolutely nobody's doing? talked about. And no, it, so what? he's doing it on a team that has that that lost Zach Collins three games into the year. Oh They've goodness. been without Nurkic. They signed Carmelo Anthony off the scrap heat and been playing him at power forward. Uh, Hassan Whiteside's been really good. He's been really good. So what? He's been every bit as good as Rudy Gobert. He's been every he's been every bit as good as Rudy Gobert's been. And you put Rudy Gobert in your third team All NBA because Rudy Gobert's team is in the playoffs. Says the guy who and, just vouched for Trey Young and put Bradley Beal. I didn't Beal vouch for him. I didn't vouch for him. I said that I thought about him and I felt nasty if I even thought about him that I had to take a shower. But he's having a great year. I didn't put. I didn't. I didn't vouch that he should be on there. I said that that's a guy that I thought about, but probably should not be there. That's not vouching for him. Hassan Whiteside has no business being even mentioned in an in a, in a NBA uh, All NBA team conversation. Great for him. He's having a great year. Uh, it's nice that he's also finally played some sort of basketball. And I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that he's looking for a contract for next season. Get this guy out of here. It, it probably does. It probably does. Look, he's also he's also for the first time in a while. And, and look, I am not a big I am not a Hassan Whiteside guy, right? He he quit on his team in Miami. They were better without him. He's always been a he's a guy that's led the league in blocks before. Yet his teams somehow were were always better with him off the floor. This year, Portland has been nine points per one hundred possessions better with him on the floor than off. That's a bigger well, differential than Dame. With. That's a bigger differential than CJ. I understand, but he's the only functional big guy in their entire team. They don't even have another big guy. He's it. It's just a sign white side, and he's answered the bell. You know how many other players? Here's a, here's one for you. Do you know how many other players in NBA history have ever shot sixty percent from the field and blocked three shots a game? I'm gonna go with uh, three. It's one. His name's Kareem freaking Abdul Jabbar. That's it. <laughs> I'm not saying he's Kareem, but like, let's not call this guy chopped liver either. Sixteen, really fourteen, and three. He's had the best season of his career, and and I I thought that this one uh, spoke volumes. Yeah, like you you even hinted at as as look who he's playing next to. Uh, Damian Damian Lillard, by the way, gets deserves a lot of the credit for the turnaround for his son Whiteside. Right, Dame is as uh, routinely thrown into that conversation among best leaders in the league, but on the floor, okay. Uh, if you look at the best assist combos in the entire league, right? Like who who has assisted who the most? Number one is a Le- is LeBron to Anthony Davis. Number two is Damian Lillard to Hassan Whiteside. Okay, <laughs> if you look at what what Whiteside did last year in Miami, he didn't rank among the top two hundred with anyone there. So he's finally in a situation where he's got uh, a, you know an all-star caliber point guard that can set him up. He can do some rim running. He's trying hard. He's playing well. He's engaged. I, this is way more Hassan Whiteside than anyone would have ever dreamed that they'd hear on an All NBA podcast. But I'm just, will you give the guy a little love and cut him some slack, please? All that stuff just tells me is the fact that if they had Yusuf Nurkic, an actual big man who decided that he wants to play <laughs> every day, that this team would be much better than they are. That's all it tells me. And that you would be putting him be. on an All-NBA second team. Forget about third team. If Nurkic came to the table and was healthy this season oh with the way that Dane's passing the ball and, and giving it to Big and, and all that stuff, Nurkic would be All-NBA second team for you. 
I love that. I love that you're gonna put words into my mouth about <laughs> Nurkic being second team over Joel Embiid. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Whiteside should not be in the conversation. The only time you should even I, I mention just, Hassan Whiteside is maybe in your fantasy league. Not all NBA I'll take, I'll, No, I'll take I'll take words being just uh, shoved into my mouth unceremoniously for 500, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> That's a daily double. So we could do it again if you want. Uh, follow no, us out I'm here good. on. On Twitter, on uh, at NBA Sound System, and if you haven't already, check into NBA.com, globalca.nba.com, uh, and and do us a favor. Why don't you just go ahead and bookmark that site and make it one of your favorite sites to go back and visit? We are so close, so close. Fingers crossed to a decision being made on whether or not the NBA will return and what format we'll have. If that does happen, if that does go down on Thursday, I believe we're having the uh, the vote, Board of Governors vote. If we finally get the the uh, final say on what we or the format that we will see when the league does return, we'll be back with that podcast for you at the end of the week right here on NBA Sound System. If you had to pick, you're Adam Silver, Micah. You're Adam Silver. If you have to pick one format for the season in which to return, what would you what would it be? I'm still. I, I will go down. I will go down uh, swinging with the World Cup format, even though I know it's not going to happen. I want it. Get that give out me, of here. Just Get give me absolute. I want chaos. Give me absolute chaos. Give me it all. I'm. I'm still going. Anything 116. That, I feel like that's No, fine. I. Anything to get me Hassan Whiteside versus Zion Williamson in the playoffs. <laughs> well, one of them can't go. One of them can can't. Get, one you, of them's knocked out. If you got it. If you got a group stage, maybe they'll both get in, right? Yeah, maybe. By the way, Scott Rafferty, uh, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, he has a great article on NBA.com right now talking about, one, Zion Williamson's defense. Uh, One of the clips he showed us behind the scenes is that of Brooke Lopez blowing by Zion Williamson. Uh, But Scott does believe that Zion will one day eventually become a pretty good defender. I disagree. Typical cherry cherry picking one Brooke Lopez play. To slander, <laughs> completely outrageously slander the most dominant 19-year-old in NBA history. Get out of here. But go read it. It's a great piece. Seriously. It is a great piece indeed. Uh, we really appreciate your time right here on NBA.com. We hope for the last uh, you know, couple minutes here we were able to sign a bring your spirits up wherever you are where however you may be listening nba sound system the place to be we will see you towards the end of the week with hopefully fingers crossed uh you know resume to the nba season for micah adams i'm carlin gay we'll see you at the end of the week